Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. My dad got to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads here, but we didn't get to say Happy Father's Day to him. Well, I mean, I said it already earlier today, but not on stage. <laughs> so Happy Father's Day to the most incredible dad. Sorry, I'm trying not to be in the way. The most incredible dad ever. Um, you've just modeled such a great example of marriage, of godly living, and I'm so thankful for all the daddy-daughter dates and all the <laughs> ways you treated me like a princess that taught me what it is to, to have a good man in my life and choose a good husband and um, <laughs> that takes me out on dates and, you know, does all the things. <laughs> so I love you so much. I Happy Father's you, Day. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and really just adding on to that as we've undergone our parent parenting journey, um, just the, the word that comes to mind is just example, that you, you are such an amazing example of what it means to be a father for me, that anytime I come across anything, I'm just like, what would my dad have done in this situation? <laughs> and I can get some wisdom from that, of course, from talking to you. And, and the other thing is just covering that we know as a family, if anything were ever to happen, that you would be there, that you would help, that you would catch us if we were to fall. And I think that really extends to, to this entire church family that you are a spiritual father to. That you extend that, and, and that's a heavy, heavy burden that you bear. So you make it look like it's light, and, and it's quite amazing. So thank you so much. Group hug. Group hug. Love you guys. So proud of you all. Amazing. Amazing. Come on and give them a hand clap. Praise God. Um, before I pray and get right into it, um, I just wanted to, to, to say Scott and I have been talking in the last couple of years, and, but in particular, particular this last year, about the education system in our nation. And he and I are the kind of people that don't really complain a lot, but we like to fix things. And so uh, we have started uh, an education nonprofit, and we are planning on getting into the education field and starting schools here in America that'll teach the right kind of things and stop trying to parent. We need the school systems to stop trying to parent our children. Somebody say amen. We love the teachers, but we do believe that some, some bad eggs have gotten into the school system and created a little bit of a mess, and we want to see that course corrected. So we are starting, we're starting with a preschool. It's starting in August. This coming August, we're starting. And so you can find a brochure about that uh, at the information counter if you're interested in a preschool. It's called Thrive. Amen? Amen. From there, we'll go all the way through the sixth grade eventually, and then eventually into schools, uh, junior high and high school. Amen? Yeah, yeah, you got to do, we have to be willing to do stuff to change the direction of things, amen? Not just complain about it, but figure out what we're gonna do. Yeah. So let's pray and get right into today's message. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Open up our hearts to receive your word. Your word is manna, it's practical, it becomes part of who we are. Your word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts and produces life in us, changes us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. 
Teach us what we need to know and prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. But today I want to talk to you about understanding the grace of God. In Psalms 119 and verse 17, David says this. He says, Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. It's really the new covenant in a nutshell. Because the old covenant was, if, if I were to live and keep your word, then you'll bless me, God. That's works. That's the old covenant. But Jesus paid the price for us, and he lived perfectly righteous and holy and earned for us the blessing of God so that we don't have to work for it, because if we did, we don't get it. And so he afforded us this kind of life that says, deal bountifully, bountifully with me, and then I will be able to keep your word and live. Amen? And so I want to talk to you about this concept between grace and works today in, in relationship to how we build our lives. Jesus said, build your house on the rock, on the word of God. But what word do we build our house upon? Which one? And so we look to the scripture to find out where it is. Which one do I start with? And it all comes down to our beginning. There has to be a foundation that my house builds upon so that it's steady, that it's, that it's firm. And the foundation I want to build upon is Christ and Him crucified. The finished works of the cross is where I begin my journey with, with the Lord, isn't it? I receive Christ and it's from that place I begin to build a life. Nobody wants to build a life for themselves and have it fall apart. But that's what keeps happening. People start out their lives, they get to growing something, they build something, and then pff, it all falls down. And how discouraging and how frustrating. And praise God that he's still the God who restores us. Amen. He's still the God that works all things for the good. But, but I want to teach you now, as Jesus did, how to build something that lasts, that doesn't fall apart when the storm comes. So we're going to start in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. What does this foundation look like? Uh, thank you to Vince Romero because I had this idea on Thursday morning of building a little foundation that would say grace and works. And he knocked it out in just a couple days. So give a hand to Vince Romero. Thank you so much. We give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard, since we, he's praying for us because we, he heard of our faith in Christ and the love which we have for each other. Now he's talking to the church in Colossians, but this prayer is still active today. And so our faith in, he's like, you believe in Jesus and you love people? Holy cow. The, the love people one, that's the tough one, isn't it? You believe in, and you love people because, why do you do it? Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. Which, which hope? Of the one you, which you per, previously heard in the word of truth. The gospel. What is the gospel? It's Christ crucified. What he did for us. Which has come to you just as in all the world, it is also bearing fruit and increasing. Say bearing fruit and increasing. We want to bear fruit and we want to increase, don't we? We don't want our lives just to stay the same. We want, to get, we want, the, we want the job to get bigger. We want to, we want to see the business grow. We want to see our marriage get tighter. We want to bear fruit and we want to increase. Even as it has been doing in you, so even what has been doing in you, the, the word of the gospel has been bearing fruit and increasing in you ever since the day. What day? Ever since the day you heard it. So something happened 
that caused you to suddenly shift into a position of increase in fruitfulness. You were no longer stagnant. He's talking to the church in Colossians. And what happened to them that caused them to stop being stuck and start increasing and producing fruit? In other words, start building a house that would last. Ever since the day you heard it and understood, both were, both were necessary. You didn't just hear it, but you understood it. Understood what? The grace of God in truth. That's the, the starting line for us. It's the grace of God in truth. Not just to hear it, but to understand it. Understanding takes work. It takes thinking about, meditating on, trying to figure it out, asking questions of it, looking into the Bible, looking at the Word of God, thinking about my life, thinking about what Jesus did for me. From that position, I can begin to understand truly what Jesus did for me. And from that position, I begin to grow something that lasts. Just as you learned it from, the, this is where they learned how to understand the grace of God from Epaphras, our beloved fellow, which Epaphras in the Greek means short pastor. Yeah. So I thought that was ironic. I was like, wow, that's what we're doing today. Yeah, praise the Lord, right? Who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. I know I'm reading a lot, but we've got we to land this plane here in a second. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard about it, have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, knowing what God wants, all spiritual wisdom. Wisdom is what I do in a tough situation. What do I do? And understanding. Understanding is why I do it, why it works. So wisdom is birthed from a place of understanding. Understanding takes a little meditation. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring revelation in my heart from the Word of God. I have to... Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were formed at the Word of God, the things being made out of the things that were invisible. By faith we understand. So I believe the Word of God, but then I work on that belief until it becomes understanding. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects. Now I begin to live a better life. Not be, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blessed because I'm living a better life. I'm blessed so that I can live a better life. You see the difference? So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects. Bearing fruit, here it is again, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all perseverance and patience. Both of those things are for dealing with people, perseverance and patience. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share, here we go, in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has qualified us. What, what is this inheritance? See, when Jesus died, this is what Paul said. He said, I, I laid a, a, a foundation for you in Corinth, the church in Corinth. I laid a foundation for you, a skillful builder. What is this foundation that he laid? He said, I resolved to know nothing except for Christ and him crucified. So that's the foundation that I build my life. Build your house on the rock. Which rock? The Christ and him crucified. Build your house on Jesus and what he did for you and who he is toward you. Christ in him crucified. What is this inheritance? Well, when you believed in Jesus, 
you became born again. I, I, I believed in my heart and I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I became born again. I became born of the Spirit. Old things passed away, and behold, everything became new. And from that, I gained access to the Holy Spirit who came and made his home in me. Somebody say, Amen. That's a big one. So the gift of the Holy Spirit made his home in you to lead you and to guide you into all truth, to comfort you, to be there for you, to advocate for you, to declare that what was Jesus is yours. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He declares that what belongs to Jesus and what Jesus earned is yours because he does what? He declares, Abba, Father. He cries out, God is my dad. Why does he cry it out? Because he's trying to drown out the voices of the lies that have told you that you're nobody and that you're nothing. So the Holy Spirit is crying out to drown out all the lies you've been told your whole life by saying, Abba, Father, I am a child of God. And if a child, an heir. And joint heir with Christ Jesus. Heir of what? Of everything he earned. Everything he earned. What did he earn for you? The blessing. I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. That's past tense. You are blessed past tense. I am healed. It's my inheritance. I have divine health in my life because by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. That's past tense. It's already happened. I have the favor of God. The, the, the inheritance of God is that every promise that God has given is yes and it is amen, everyone. Restoration for your family. Restoration for everything that's been stolen from you. The power to forgive. And it's interesting, as I look at this, this world right here, and I build my life upon this, and I stand on this, and I look at what Jesus did, I have to remember something. What did I deserve when I received Jesus? I deserved wrath. I deserve to be punished. I was a sinner. And what did God do in response to my sin? See, over here, we still believe that God is going to punish you for your sin. He's got wrath in mind for you. You better clean up your life. You want God to bless you, you better fix your life and how you're living. Over here, what we find out is that God has blessed you. And that Jesus got all the punishment on the cross, that he took your punishment. You deserved punishment, but instead of giving you punishment, God gave you something that works. He gave you the gift of his goodness. He gave you the inheritance. He gave you everything that you would need for life and godliness. He gave you the ability to walk. He dealt bountifully with you so that you might live and keep his word. And it was all free. What did you deserve? Did you deserve all this? But what did it get? And how did you get it? How did you get it? You, 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 what did you do? You heard the word and you believed it and you said it with your mouth. You confessed with your heart, your, your mouth and believed in your heart. Now, everything that God has given you as a promise still flows through that same conduit. Do you want healing in your life? It's already yours. You have been healed. This will change how you pray. You have been healed. It's an inheritance. You own health. You own it. It's already been given. You're not saying, God, will you please heal me and I'll fix some things in my life. I'll, I'll do the right thing if you'll heal me. No, no, he's already healed you. He already de decided it. And all you have to do, the same way you received your eternal life, is to hear the word, believe it, say it with your mouth, and you will have it. 
Somebody give the Lord praise right there, the victory that we have in Jesus. Can God heal? Does he want to? Well, Jesus answers the question, does he want to? Because he never said no to anybody. He never was like, yeah, I'm not going to heal you. He went about doing good and healing all, 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 all who were oppressed by the enemy. Everybody that was sick, he healed. So all is all. So does he want to heal? Yes. The answer is yes. Do you qualify? That's the one people get stuck on. Do I qualify? I'm building my house on my works over here now. Do I qualify? I'm not sure I qualify. Then what happens is, is by faith I can't receive what God already did because I'm not receiving it as a gift. I'm trying to get it as a wage. Not realizing how was I saved. This is the life that I built upon. See, over here, I begin to look at you and, and, and ask you to work for me too. In marriage, I say, say well, you, what have you done for me lately? You, in, in life, people mean to you? They're mean to you? They're, mean, they're bad to you? They should get what they deserve. How dare they? They treated me unfairly. They betrayed that. They're, they're living in sin. Look at them. They're sinners. That's what living over here. But when I live over here, I remember what Jesus did for me when I was a sinner. He loved me and was good to me. And what did he do for people who were bad to him? He healed them and loved them and gave goodness to them and they shouted crucify. Then he goes up on a cross and says, Father, forgive them. And they didn't even ask for forgiveness. They didn't even repent. They didn't come to where we were wrong. They didn't say nothing. He's just like, Father, he gave... He returned good for evil. And when you learn to receive that kind of love from Jesus, and that kind of giving from Jesus, then it's easy to give it away. Suddenly it becomes easy to be good to people who are bad to you. Not over here. No, you're going to be bad back to them because they deserve it. They should get bad. They should get some wrath. God should get them. But over here you remember, well, God should have got me too. And he didn't. Instead he forgave me. God's answer to my sin wasn't wrath, it was love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. There's a king, a, a man in New Jersey, he, he did an ancestry test and it came back that, that he was a descendant of a king in a country called Benin, which is right next to Nigeria in Africa. He found out that he was a, a descendant of the ninth king of Benin. And so he started to call the, the royalty there. He got a hold of the queen eventually, explained his situation. They sent over the paperwork. And then they had him fly to Benin. And when he got there, they had songs and music and celebration. The people all came out, rolled out the red carpet. They had a coronation service. They crowned him with many crowns and gave him all these robes and lavished him with all this love. Now, why didn't he access all of this goodness before? He's just barely struggling to get by in New Jersey. The reason he didn't access all that was his was because he didn't know who he was. It's the same thing for us. If we do not know who we are, we will not access what is ours. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10 so many people trying to find their identity, but listen to, to how God works. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul is saying, I have gained my identity from this position. This is what tells me what I am. Why? Why? Because the Holy Spirit in me is yelling out that I'm a child of God. I'm finding out who I am from this place. Over here, I'm nothing. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it, and neither do you. But over here, I'm a son of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus because the Holy Spirit says so. And I hear it and I believe it and I say it with my mouth. 
by the grace of God, I am what I am. And also, why? Because, because Jesus is in me. I'm crucified with Christ over here. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Christ is righteous. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm Jesus on the planet. I have the same authority. He said, greater works will I do than he has done. I have the same power living in me because of Jesus in me. And what does Jesus like to do? How does he like to act? What is his character? Well, if I remember how he was towards me when I first started, then I'll start to take on those same attributes in my life. His, his identity gets imprinted upon my identity. I become more Christ-like the more I receive from him. How can I give what I have not yet received? So many people over here, you've not yet received the forgiveness of God and the gift of God and how good he truly was to you. When you deserved wrath, he gave you goodness. And so but you live over here because you haven't received what he's given in your own heart. You can't give out what you have not received. But over here... I freely receive what God has given me. I can freely give it to other people. So now I am freed to truly love people the way God intended me to love people. In other words, when my wife is not filling up my love cup, it doesn't matter. When, when, when your husband is not filling up your love cup, it doesn't matter. Because you're not waiting for them to be good enough for you to love them. You just love people because that's who you are, because you're Christ in you. But they were bad to me, I know. Jesus would be like, yeah, I know they were bad to me too. But Jesus, they were mean to me in that church. Yeah, me too. They killed me. <laughs> well, what'd you do about it? I loved them and I forgave them and I redeemed them and I gave them everything. If they would just believe in me, I gave them everything. Why? They don't deserve it. I know. But I took what they deserved and now they get what I deserve. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And the grace toward me was not in vain. His grace towards me was not in vain. His grace towards me will produce. If I receive it, it will not be in vain. But I will produce what God's given to me. I'll produce it in, in my life. I, I got the opportunity to watch my grandson, Booker, for Christian and Kenzie. I, I've, I've done this twice now. So the first time, it was just, so this is just me. Because Kelly's teaching women's ministry on a Thursday night. And I'm watching Booker. It's just me. That's a lot of pressure. But hey, I've raised four kids. I know what I'm doing. We had a fantastic night. They brought Booker over to my house. He took his naps. He ate good. He was perfect. They gave him back. He was happy, smiling. The second time didn't go so well. I watched him at their house, and they left. they left me the instructions of what to do. But Booker did not want to do what was on the instruction sheet. So there was a nap time there, but he was not having nap time. So... About 15 minutes into nap time, he is screaming mad at me. Like, how dare you, Grandpa, put me in this bed? I'm not tired, and I'm not taking a nap. I'm like, but, but Grandpa's in charge. I'm the boss. You would do what I say. So, but he wasn't, so I called my wife. <laughs> right? She's like the baby whisperer, you know? He's like, I go, so she, she picks up the phone. I think she was in praise and worship getting ready to preach here. And, and she just, all she can hear is screaming. He's so mad at me. He, she just goes like this. She goes, what are you doing to him? <laughs> I'm torturing him. I don't know. I mean, so I finally, he, he cried through his whole uh, nap time. I, I lost. I failed miserably. But now I got him up because now it's feeding time. But he's so red and upset and his eyes are, you know, he's just, he won't eat. I'm trying to feed him, but he won't eat his bottle. So, so then he, part of the list was to feed him some carrots. Now keep in mind, I tried to make dinner for me and Logan in the kitchen, pot roast, 
while I'm trying to watch Booker. So everything's gone wrong, and there's roast and gravy and potatoes everywhere because I didn't finish, and, and all the pots are out, and all the plates are out, half-eaten stuff, trying to get a couple bites in while he's... And, and, and then I'm trying to feed him carrots now, little mushed-up carrots, bright orange, and, I, you know, you put... And he's like... And then he grabs the spoon from me, and he starts to just stab himself with it, <laughs> trying to get the carrots in. He's like, Grandpa, you're, you're terrible at this. Let me do it. And, I'm, and then Kenzie walks. She comes home early. Her and Christian came back from their day early. They walk in the door, and I was horrified <laughs> because their kid is red from crying, and he is covered from head to toe in orange carrots, and there's pots. Her house is destroyed. And I just looked at her, and I just expected her to go, Grandpa, you're fired. <laughs> so, but she forgave me, praise God. I still haven't watched Booker by myself again. I don't know what's, if we're... One of the things I thought about while I was there watching him was that it was his bedroom, Booker's bedroom. He had his own, has his own room already. He's just, he's five, six months old at that point. He's got his own room. He's got his own bed. He has his own books. I was trying to read him books. He has his own toys. He has his own blanket. He has his own pajamas. He has all these things that mom and dad got for him. And they're all his. He owns them. And I thought to myself, he didn't do anything to deserve this. He didn't work. He didn't have a job. He didn't, it wasn't good to mom. They're like, well, we're going to get you a bed because you, you slept through the night, so we're going to finally get you a bed now. Good boy. No, everything that he got was free. Why? Because he's a child of that family. And it's all his, and it's all a gift, and he did nothing to earn it. And this is how God has given to us. And we have to stop praying to try and get something from God over here. God, won't you please bless me? I'm in trouble I have no money. See, this will change how you pray. God, won't you please? No, no, you already own the blessing. You're already blessed. God, thank you that I'm blessed. Thank you that you're moving mightily on my behalf and my money. Thank you, Lord, that you're releasing more to me in Jesus' name. It'll change how you pray because you understand ownership. I'm not waiting for God to decide to hopefully bless me by being good enough. He's already decided it. And he's not going to remove something he's already given. Galatians chapter 3 describes it this way. The, the Galatians had done what most Christians do. We get born again, and then we start to go back over to our old thoughts and our old ways to earn things from the Lord. No, because it's right. We should live better. But when we start connecting how I live to how God is towards me, that's where the breakdown happens. God is loving and giving towards you already, and he does not count your sin against you. He's not counting sin. He's already forgiven you. And so God is loving and giving towards you and has already given everything. It's already, you're already joint heirs. You already have ownership of it. But too many people, they get born again, then they go back over here. God's not going to bless me if I don't... Uh, what a mess I am. No wonder I'm sick. No wonder I got this disease. I've been living wrong. And they start to apply how I'm living to how God is giving. And so that's what the Galatians had started doing. They started saying, look, if you're not circumcised, God can't bless you. If you, if you don't do this thing, you, God won't bless you. You've got to live by the law too. You should live right, but God, you can't connect how God is towards you to how you live. It's already been determined. Listen to this. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? 
before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit? That's the big one. Remember how you received the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Were you like, I cleaned up my life and then God gave me a Spirit? Or did I just believe that Jesus died for me and God gave me his Spirit? So he says, go back to how you started. What's he saying? He's like, this is your foundation. You have to build your life on this story because this is how it started. This is how it will continue. I have to stand here and draw from what Christ was to me in the beginning to see who he is to me today. Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? And what did they suffer as a Jew when you chose Jesus your family ousted you. You were disowned by everybody you knew. There was great suffering among people. There's still places and peoples that go through this. When they choose Jesus, they get rejected by their families. That's the suffering he's talking about there. So then does he who provides you with the spirit and work miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? So now he ropes in miracles. Yeah, you got the spirit by faith, but how, also, how do you get the miracles? He says, by faith as well. Not by doing, but by believing. Even so, Abraham believed. Now he ropes in Abraham. He's like, remember Abraham? How was he blessed? Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reconciled to him as righteousness. So when I stand here believing God, it's reconciled to me. When I believe what God said, God goes, righteous. When I believe God, he goes, righteous. I am the righteousness of God. Whose righteousness is it? It's his. But he gives it to me for free because I believed him. So Abraham believed God. It was reconciled to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that, that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. That's us justified. Say, I'm justified. But how are you justified? By this or by this? You're like this. <laughs> this one. By faith. He preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all nations will be blessed in you. Wait a second. God preached the gospel to Abraham. I want to stop here for a second. He preached the gospel to Abraham when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So here's what Abraham did with that. All nations will be blessed through me. Okay, so coming from my lineage, out of me, will come something that will change how God is towards all people. How could God bless all nations or make the blessing that he gave me available to all peoples unless they either, they, they would have to be righteous before God. They have to live right. And then he thought to himself, wait a second, I'll bet he's going to bring somebody through my lineage that will somehow be the sacrifice that makes everyone righteous. Somebody's going to take the punishment. I get it. He suddenly had a revelation that there's going to be a savior of the world. He got the gospel because he What did he do? He meditated. He thought about what God said and how it applied to him in his life. And he stayed with it long enough that he was able to pull out the idea that there's going to be a savior of the world long before there was an announcement of any kind. That's incredible. If he can get to that kind of revelation, so can we. So then who, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. For as many as are, listen to this, for as many as are of the works of the law 
are under a curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. So when I get over here and I start being judgy with people, I don't like how you're living your life. That's not right what you're doing. And I, I, I become like this unappointed judge. I'm not an actual judge, but I'm being like a judge. What happens is, is I move my life out of increase and fruitfulness and a life that I can build that'll be strong, and I move it over unto, under a curse that doesn't even supposed to exist anymore. That's why you get stuck over here. This is a stuck life over here. It's not where God wants you. It's we got to get back over here. I cannot believe that how I'm living has anything to do with how God has given. I cannot believe that my sinning has anything to do with how God is giving. It is how he is giving that frees me from sin. Somebody say amen. amen. I am able, when he deals bountifully with me, then I can keep his word and then I can live. Somebody say amen. amen. My son Christian's car got stolen when he was living in Seattle, but the car was in my name. I wasn't worried about it. I knew God would recover it for us. And so they did finally recover it and the police returned the car to me. Of course they did because it was my car. I had title of it. I owned it, it was in my name. They didn't check to see before they gave it back to me how I was as a driver. If they had, they wouldn't have never given me the car. <laughs> you haven't been driving right, we can't give you this. No, they gave it to me because I owned it, not because I was driving perfect. See, the, de the, the, the enemy will come and steal things from you that are rightfully yours. Hold on, it's coming back to you. Why? Because you own it. You're not asking God to get, give you something that you didn't already own. It's already yours. It'll change the way you pray when you understand ownership. Why is this happening for me? Why is God so good to me? Why does he give so much to me for free? It helps me escape the world and the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. It allows me to live a better life. We don't, we don't use this as a free pass to sin and just live however we want. That'd be terrible. His grace to me is not in vain. I still live a higher life, but I'm able to because why? Because Jesus frees me of my addiction, the addiction I couldn't overcome on my own. Because why? Because it's a free gift. There was a man that was crippled and his friends carried him to the church service. But it was so busy there at the, at the house that they had to cut a hole in the roof and they lowered him down through the roof. And Jesus was there. And Jesus sees this man lowered down from the, by his friends from the roof. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now that man didn't ask for forgiveness. He didn't do anything to get forgiven. First of all, I notice that Jesus cares more about his eternity than about his journey on earth. He shows us the priority. I care about your eternity first. You're forgiven. That's interesting to me because he didn't even come to the service. This man is a picture of someone who did nothing. He didn't even... His friends carried him there. His friends did all the work and lowered him down. He did nothing. He said nothing. We start to see the grace of our God and then Jesus said, just so you know that I have the power to forgive, get up and walk. And he gives him his healing. He did nothing. He said nothing. It was a free gift. He didn't do anything to earn what Jesus gave. 
Neither did you do anything to earn what Jesus gave you when he gave you eternal life. Let us go back to this moment and build our lives from here because when you start to understand this, it'll change and transform your marriage. It'll change and transform your family. Now your kids don't have to earn stuff from you. You're just giving. Now when people are bad to you, you're just good back to them. Why? Because that's how Jesus was with you. This will transform your life entirely and it'll cause you to build a life. When you read the Bible, you'll start to see God in it. So the Bible says to rightly divide the word of God, right? Rightly divide it. What does rightly dividing mean? Have you ever wondered that? I got to divide it. It means there's an old covenant and there's a new covenant. And I could go to any scripture and I go, oh, that was the old way things used to work. And I should understand that because it was before Jesus was, was, was crucified. I should understand that. But I should also know that's not how I live anymore. I don't live under that. A preacher begins to preach a message and says, listen, God can't bless you if you keep sinning. And what do you do? You go, oh, no, no, wait. I'm not living over there. I already understand. I already understand the grace of my God. See, I know that's not true. God has already blessed me. Or Satan comes to you and a bad doctor's report comes to you and you, you, you're tempted to be shaken out of your peace. Over here, you're like, oh, I haven't been living right. I'm probably getting what I deserve. I'm getting my just desserts. I'm getting what's coming to me. But if you understand the grace of God, you know that God is with me and that you're own, you already own divine health and you know it's coming back to you and you're not shaken at all, but you stand in confidence knowing that your God will overcome. Do you see the difference? See, you can build a house over here that'll last. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you and praise you, Lord, that you would be the rev. rev revelation in us by the Holy Spirit to understand grace and its truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive something today? I just encourage you, be generous. Help get this message out to the rest of the world. And serve, serving God's house. Join one of the teams here. You'll meet some great people. It's great for relationships. It's great for what it does in your life. But I want to ask you a question right now. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of eternal life to anyone who will believe. Believe that inheritance, everything good from God, all the promises comes from what? Just believing this message. Just put your faith to what God is saying. If you'll do that today, I say a simple prayer. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. You can know before you go home today where you will spend eternity. And it'll be with Father God. Repeat after me right now if you're ready for this. Dear Father God, forgive me of all my sins. And Jesus, I believe in you. You're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, I just want to encourage you, be back in church next week. We do the church challenge here, 12 weeks of church in a row. Get around the right people and under the right message every single week. It'll make a big difference in your life. You will be amazed at where God will take you. If you are brand new, I would like to meet you after the service. I will even give you this free book. My brother and I wrote this together. It's called Thrive. Come over and say hi to us. Tell us where you're from. It would mean the world to me. Remember what Jesus said? He said, go out there and compel them to be in my house that my house might be full. I love you guys. I'm standing with you. God bless you. Have a great morning. Amen. Just a couple of announcements. We have our kids for Kicks for Kids outreach. That's on July 22nd. 
It is actually completely full registration, so that means there's going to be 200 kids here. If you would like to volunteer, there's a table out there. You could also go to livingwordoutreach.com. If you're looking to uh, donate or do anything with that, we still have shoes in need, so there's tags out there that you could pick up. Also, school supplies would be great. And then the other announcement is, is um, in November, just it, it's plan ahead, but in November we're going to have the band named Kane. They're going to be here, and so you can go ahead and get your tickets as well. Uh, go to livingwordevents.com. I would love for you to stand with me as I close in prayer. If you have any prayer needs at all, see that service leader. They would love to pray with you. Father God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I praise you and thank you for this word today. It is the truth that sets us free in our lives. And each and every day we get up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed and have a wonderful Father's Day. Introduced to you, Living Word Virtual Church Community. Each week, we come together during the live stream, chatting with each other through live comment sections. Then, during the week, our virtual church community reconnects in online share groups to discuss the weekend service and study the Word. To sign up, visit the Living Word Virtual Church Community page on our website. We'll see you there.